Men, are you looking for a long-lasting, pain-free solution for erectile dysfunction, or ED? Peak Performance is that solution. Here's a list of our side effects. That's it. Peak Performance offers focused linear compression therapy, a revolutionary ED solution scientifically proven to increase blood flow, sensitivity, and sexual performance, all with no side effects, no surgery, and no pills. Call 1-800-210-8181 today for a free evaluation. That's 1-800-210-8181. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer... Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome everyone to Too Good To Be True. Thank you for taking the time to listen. The subject for today's show is simulated reality. Before we start getting into detail, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. We choose the subject and research it, and based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. The psychic insight is narrated later in the show. Accepting the psychic insight is a question of individual belief. Now let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the subject matter in shows may have already been covered many times in other media. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We're not so good with pronouncing names, we apologize, and neither of us have any particular knowledge of philosophy, physics, or computer science. If we have misstated anything, we apologize. The subject of simulated reality has raised a lot of questions in the mass media. I think that the movie The Matrix, released in 1999, provides a great idea of what a human world in simulation would look like. The movie won four Oscars, including for its special effects. The following is the the start of the plotline from Wikipedia for the Matrix movie. Quote, computer programmer Thomas Anderson, living a double life as a hacker Neo, feels something is wrong with the world and is puzzled by repeated online encounters with the cryptic phrase, the Matrix. 
A woman known as Trinity contacts him, saying that a man named Morpheus can explain its meaning. However, the agents led by Agent Smith apprehend Neo and attempt to threaten him into helping them capture the terrorist Morpheus. Undeterred, Neo later meets Morpheus, who offers him a choice between a red pill that will show him the truth about the Matrix and a blue pill that will return him to his former life. After swallowing the red pill, his reality disintegrates and Neo awakens naked, weak and hairless in a liquid-filled pod, among countless other connected by cables to an elaborate electrical system. He is rescued and brought aboard Morpheus's hovercraft, the Nebuchadnezzar. As Neo recuperates, Morpheus explains the truth. In the 21st century, intelligent machines, robots, wage war against their human creators. When humans block the machine's access to solar energy, the machines retaliated by harvesting the human's bioelectric power. The Matrix is a shared simulation of the world as it was at the end of the 20th century, where the harvested humans' minds are pacified while their bodies are contained in pods. All three humans live in, in Zion, the last refuge in the real world. Morpheus and his crew are a group of rebels who hack into the Matrix to unplug enslaved humans and recruit them. Their understanding of the simulated reality enables them to bend its physical laws, granting them superhuman abilities. Morpheus warns Neo that death within the Matrix also kills the physical body and that the agents are powerful computer programs that eliminate threats to the system. Neo's prowess during the virtual compact training leads credence to Morpheus' belief that Neo is the one, an especially powerful human prophesied to free humans and end the war, unquote. The animation of computer code representing the activity of the reality inside the matrix with the appearance of green falling rain on a black background remains iconic. I think the same applies to the character Morpheus with his shaved head and reflective dark glasses. In Greek mythology, Morpheus was the god of dreams with the ability of appearing in the dreams of mortals in any form. When you are dreaming, it does seem like it's real. Maybe the writers were making an analogy. But I think we have to mention Elon Musk because he has brought the idea that we are all actually living in a simulated reality into the headlines, originally in 2016. I think before we do, I'd like to mention a couple of television shows, starting with a two-part episode from starting with a two-part episode from the original Star Trek series called The Menagerie from 1966. A two-part episode was made using footage from an unaired pilot called The Cage. How did simulated reality come into the storyline? I don't think it was called simulated reality, but humanoid aliens called the Telusians, living on the planet Talus IV, had the power to create illusions indistinguishable from reality. Long story short, by living on the planet, the disabled and disfigured Captain Pike, former captain of the Enterprise, could live a normal life along with a female companion called Vina. They had both been injured in the same crash of a survey ship on the planet sometime before. In reality, Vina is much older than Captain Pike and badly deformed. By living on the planet with the help of the Telusians, they both would be, live injury-free, youthful lives. Off the planet, Captain Pike was unable to move or communicate other than by answering yes-no questions with the aid of a device operated by his brainwaves. With alien technology, a virtual or simulated reality described as illusionary was created for P Captain Pike and Vina on Talus IV. What is the next television show? It's Star Trek The Next Generation and the episode Ship in a Bottle from 1993, featuring the holodeck on the new Enterprise, in which computers create virtual reality. What's the difference between simulated reality and virtual reality? Wikipedia provides an explanation as follows, quote, Simulated reality is a hypothesis that reality could be simulated, for example, by quantum computer simulation, to a degree indistinguishable from true reality. It could contain conscious minds which may or may not be fully aware that they are living inside a simulation. This is quite different from the current technologically achievable concept of virtual reality. Virtual reality is easily distinguished from the experience of actuality. Participants are never in doubt about the nature of what they experience. Simulated reality, by contrast, would be hard or impossible to separate from true reality. There has been much debate over this topic, ranging from philosophical discourse to practical applications in computing, 
unquote. Can you explain more about the holodeck and its virtual reality? Wikipedia describes the holodeck as follows, quote, the holodeck is a fictional plot device from the television series Star Trek. It is presented as a staging environment in which participants may engage with different virtual reality environments. From a storytelling point of view, it permits the introduction of a greater variety of locations and characters that might not be otherwise be possible, such as events and persons in the Earth's past, and is often used as a way to pose philosophical questions." Unquote. What's the point of the episode, Ship in a Bottle? The plot is convoluted, but I'll do my best. Uh, Moriarty, an evil genius, is the nemesis of Sherlock Holmes, with both, of course, fictional characters. Moriarty was recruited, was sorry, was recreated in a previous holodeck virtual reality, which then restarted, seems to have a bug. Moriarty demands to be taken off the holodeck and given his freedom. Moriarty appears to have stepped off the holodeck by, use, by using mind over matter. To continue the plot, here's a quote from the website Jammer's Review. Quote, Data discovers that Moriarty didn't actually step off the holodeck, but instead used clever sleight of hand to make it appear so. Picard, Data and Barclay are actually still on the holodeck, trapped in an elaborate simulation of the Enterprise that Moriarty devised in order to manipulate the entire situation. Picard unwittingly gives his access codes to the holodeck version of the computer, which in turn gives them to Moriarty, who uses them to control the ship. Unquote. Data is a synthetic life form with advanced artificial intelligence, a lieutenant commander whose character is analogous to Spock from the original series. Picard is Captain Jean-Luc Picard, the, the ship's commander, and Barclay is one of the crew and engineer. So what happens next? The same article shows just how clever the writers were. The Countess referred to as Moriarty's companion. Quote, and I like the appropriate turn of tables where once Picard and Data realize that they've been duped by Moriarty's illusion, they then use the same trick on him, creating a holodeck within a holodeck and then giving, the, giving them exactly what he wants, an escape to a real world by creating the illusion of a world outside of the holodeck, even though he never leaves it. Ultimately, Moriarty and the Countess are able to tour the cosmos inside the confines of a computer program that runs inside a little cube. Picard's closing line on the nature reality provides the story a perfect note of whimsy, suggesting our own reality may simply be built upon perspectives stemming from the knowledge available to us. All this might be just all this all of the, all this might just be an elaborate simulation running inside a little device sitting on someone's table. Unquote. So Picard is questioning whether we are all living in a simulated reality, something that Elon Musk claims. Yes, long before Elon Musk, there was René Descartes, the famous French philosopher, mathematician and scientist born in 1596, who came up with the dream hypothesis. The following is from Wikipedia. Quote, dream provides a springboard for those who question whether our own reality may be an illusion. The ability of the mind to be tricked into believing a, a mentally generated world is a real world means that at least one variety of simulated reality is a common, even nightly event. But I think we'll have to continue with this quote after the uh, break. Yes, we'll continue with this quote. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. 
yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking about the famous French philosopher Rene Descartes. And Dad, you were quoting from Wikipedia. So can you please continue quoting about the dream hypothesis? Yes, I will. Thanks, Justina. Those who argue that the world is not simulated must concede that the mind, at least the sleeping mind, is not in itself an entirely reliable mechanism for attempting to differentiate reality from illusion. Whatever I've accepted until now as most true has come to me through my senses, but occasionally I've found that they have deceived me, and it is unwise to trust completely those who have deceived us even once. René Descartes, unquote. Is there anything insightful from modern philosophers or thinkers? Swedish philosopher Nick Bostrom, a professor and director of the Future of Humanity Institute at Oxford University, England, came up with a simulation argument. Uh, the following is from frequently, the Frequently Asked Questions on the Simulation Argument website. Quote, the simulation argument was set forth in a paper published in 2003. A draft of that paper had previously been circulated for a couple of years. The argument shows that at least one of the following propositions is true. The human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage. Secondly, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof. And thirdly, we're almost certainly living in a computer simulation. It follows that the belief that there is a significant chance that we will one day become post-humans who run ancestor simulations is false unless we are currently living in a simulation. A number of other consequences of this result are also discussed." Unquote. So does Nick Bostrom actually believe that mankind is in a computer simulation? Again from the frequently asked questions on the simulation argument website with answers provided by Nick Bostrom himself. Quote, no, I believe that the simulation argument is basically sound. The argument shows only that at least one of three possibility obtains but it does not tell us which one or ones. One can thus accept the simulation argument and reject the simulation hypothesis, i.e. that we are in a simulation. Personally, I assign less than 50% probability to the simulation hypothesis, rather something like in a 20% region, perhaps, maybe. However, this estimate is a subjective personal opinion and is not part of the simulation argument. My reason is that I believe that we lack strong evidence for or against any of the three disjuncts, any of the three disjuncts, one to three. So it makes sense to assign each of them a significant probability, unquote. 
What is the post-human condition? Wikipedia provides a definition as follows. Post-human or post-human hyphenated is a concept originating in the fields of science fiction, futurology, contemporary art and philosophy that literally means a person or entity that exists in a state beyond being human, unquote. But Wikipedia warns against confusing post-humanism with transhumanism. Quote, post-humanism is not to be confused with transhumanism, the nanobiotechnological enhancement of human beings and narrow definitions of the post-human as the hope for transcendence of materiality, unquote. Well, we are still out there with advanced concepts. What exactly is quantum computer simulation, as mentioned earlier in a Wikipedia article? Let's start with the quantum computer. The following is from a current article on the University of Waterloo website. Quote, quantum computing is essentially harnessing and exploiting the amazing laws of quantum mechanics to process information. A traditional computer uses long strings of bits which encode either a zero or one. A quantum computer, on the other hand, uses quantum bits or qubits. What's the difference? Well, a qubit is a quantum system that encodes a zero and the one into two distinguishable quantum states. But because qubits behave quantumly, we can capitalize on the phenomenon of superposition and entanglement. Uh, unquote. Superposition and entanglement are explained as follows. Quote, Superposition is essentially the ability of a quantum system to be in multiple states at the same time. That is, something can be here and there or up and down at the same time. Entanglement is an extremely strong correlation that exists between quantum particles, so strong in fact that two or more quantum particles can be inextricably linked in perfect unison, even if separated by great distances. The particles remain perfectly correlated even if separated by great distances. The particles are so intrinsically connected they can be said to dance in instantaneous perfect unison even when placed, on opposite, placed at opposite ends of the universe. This seemingly impossible connection inspired Einstein to describe entanglement as spooky action at a distance." Unquote. So quantum computer simulation is simulation using a powerful futuristic computer. Again from the University of Waterloo website, quote, Thanks to superposition and entanglement, a quantum computer can process a vast number of calculations simultaneously. Think of it this way. Whereas a classical computer works with ones and zeros, a quantum computer will have the advantage of using ones, zeros, and superpositions of ones and zeros. Certain difficult tasks that have been long thought uh, impossible or intractable for classical computers will be achieved quickly and efficiently by a quantum computer." Unquote. You can't buy one yet, more development is needed, but some of the technology is in use. Let's go back to Elon Musk and his opinions. In 2016, Elon, Elon Musk's comments were widely reported. An example is as follows from the London Independent newspaper date, dated June 2nd of that year. Quote, Elon Musk has said that there's only one in a billions chance that we're not living in a computer simulation. Our lives are almost certainly being conducted within an artificial world powered by AI and highly powered computers, like in the Matrix, the Tesla and SpaceX CEO suggested at a tech conference in California. Mr. Musk, who has donated huge amounts of money to research into the dangers of artificial intelligence, said he hopes his prediction is true because otherwise it means the world will end. The strongest argument for us probably being in a simulation, I think, is the following, he told the Code Conference. Forty years ago, we had Pong, two rectangles and a dot. That's where we are, where we were, rather. Now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously, and, and it's getting better every year. And soon we'll have virtual reality. We'll have augmented reality. If you assume any rate of improvement at all, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality, just indistinguishable. He said that even if the speed of those advancements dropped by a thousand, we would be still moving forward at an intense speed relative to the age of life, unquote. Has anyone else famous expressed an opinion? Following Elon Musk's comments in a broadcast from September of 2016 entitled Neil deGrasse Tyson says we could all be living in the matrix. 
the well-known astrophysicist commented as follows, quote, speaking on CNBC's Squawk Box on Wednesday, Tyson explained the chain of reasoning. If you have tremendous computing power, he said, you could simulate every possible thing that could occur, including the neurosymnatic firings in the characters you create. So in that sense, what is to stop you from thinking that the characters you created are themselves real, unquote. The article continues with a discussion about simulations being created within simulated reality, and how would you know which simulation is the real one? Do any scientists say the virtual simulation is impossible? Yes, according to a Newsweek article from October of 2017, as follows, quote, Researchers at University of Oxford have now calculated that even just, to be, just, even just to store the information about a few hundred electrons on a computer, one would require a memory built for more atoms than there are in the universe. Research published by physicists Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Zov, sorry, Kovrizin in Science Advances suggests that this notion of creating a massive scale simulation using classical computers is impossible. This is due to something known as the quantum hall effect, which causes the simulation to become exponentially more complex as the number of particles increases. If the growth is exponential, or in other words, if, it, if for every extra particle one has to double the number of processors, memory, etc., then this task becomes intractable, the researchers state." Unquote. Is there an alternate description for human perception? Sleeping prophet Edgar Cayce often invoked three terms to describe human existence. Spirit is the life, mind is the builder, physical is the result. That would suggest that the physical world is not the entire reality. With that, it's time for the first question. Why was the movie The Matrix made? Basically based on the principle that there are alternate realities and everything isn't exactly what it actually is. So it is based on a bunch of different ideas put together in movie form, where maybe what people see isn't exactly always true. Does it provide a realistic picture of what simula simulated reality could be like? There's the question of what it would look like exactly like, but the simple answer is yes. It provides how the world could possibly look like, yes. The name Neo means new. Was the character Thomas Anderson called that because he would be new to the Matrix? Yes. I think we don't have time for another question before the break, so if you could take us into the break, Justina. Yes, we'll continue with the questions and psychic insight about simulated reality after the short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's author of a fascinating book, Amen. 
It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we're going through the questions and psychic insight about simulated reality and talking about the Matrix. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Why did Trinity have that name? Is there a connection with her character and the number three? Yes, and also the Trinity relating it back to God and what is thought of as the Holy Trinity. Was it also because there were three, including Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus? And also because of the multiple layers, not just the people, the multiple layers of the realities. There was a reality outside of the simulated reality and and the simulated reality. Was there another reality? The third would be basically a reality behind the simulated reality. So the control of the simulated reality. Was Morpheus named after the Greek god of dreams? Yes. Is there anything significant in the uh, sorry? I'll start again. Is there anything significant in the idea of enslavement, with the creation of a reality that provides the illusion that slaves aren't actually slaves? Yes. So yes, the topic can be related to multiple different subjects. For example, when someone is in their own reality, even when it's considered real life, sometimes they find something just normal. For example, if someone is held hostage or kidnapped after a while, there's actually different conditions that can be at play with a person accepting the reality and plays into it. So this goes back to the concept that everyone's realities are different and some people are more accepting of some of the treatment versus other people. Why was the choice of being shown the truth about the matrix or be returned to the former life represented by the red pill and the blue pill? Basically, the two choices are very simple, since neither is more, you could say, more significant than the other. The person has to make that personal decision. So the red pill versus the blue pill shows that there are basically very similar decisions, except two different colors. So the colors represent that it's one reality versus another, which is someone living in reality one, for example, they may never even know about reality two. So it's signified on how simple the decision is, but also how complex it would be for someone to make. If we really understood our own reality in the manner of the rebels, could that mean we could be able, could that mean that we would be able to acquire superhuman abilities? Yes and no. Again, it would depend on far, how far someone thinks the reality is. So they may think that they have these superhero powers but again, it may only be in their mind, not in the minds of the people around them. Why would death within the matrix destroy the physical body? Is there something significant to that? 
Basically, that goes back to the fact that if someone's living in a simulated reality, that means that the person is not fully there. So their consciousness is still shared outside of the matrix. So it's a belief that is kind of like a video game where the person is there, but if they die, it is not as significant since they're the real life person on the outside. So the matrix was different from a video game in that respect. Yes. Were the three Matrix movies instrumental in placing philosophical questions regarding our reality in the mass media, or was it going to happen anyway? That could be said. A lot of the times where movies are made, even, for example, mainstream superhero movies, they make people think about different concepts when they become so popular. In the Star Trek episode, The Menagerie, why was no explanation given for how the Talosians could create illusions apparently indistinguishable from reality. Since if someone actually had that type of power, that would be something that would be very scary. So nothing really needed an explanation, since even the thought that someone or something could create something so real, so lifelike, that would be a very scary thought, since humans would not be able to distinguish between what is actually real and what is not. Should the illusions not be described as simulated reality, but as virtual reality because they were distinct from the normal reality? Yes and no. The hard part is that if the person truly understands they're in a virtual reality, or if the person gets so encompassed into the virtual reality that they think it's real, really real life. So that's where the fine line, does the person actually know, or is that the reality they believe? Were the illusions created as a means for the Star Trek writers to show what could be possible in the future or what may be possible in other worlds? Yes, 100%. In his normal state, Captain Pike could only communicate by brainwaves. Is that the future of communication with extremely disabled individuals? That's a complicated question since it depends on how far technology goes. So it depends on if technology could get to the point where it could actually read brainwaves. So there's similar technology that's adapted for people who are disabled to communicate on their own in special ways. However, brainwaves are so complicated, it'd be very difficult to just read those alone. So the question would be, could technology go that far? Has the holodeck, the fictional plot device from the television series Star Trek The Next Generation, already become outdated compared with the, with current technology of shared virtual reality via the internet? Yes. Is simula simulated reality the hypothesis that reality could be simulated, for example, to a degree distinguishable from true reality? Yes. Could simulated... Oh, I can't even pronounce it. I'll start again. Could simulated reality contain conscious minds that may or may not be fully aware that they are living inside a simulation? Yes, in the theory, yes. So it could be both cases. Some will be aware and some not aware. Correct. Some people might still have that knowledge, while others have that knowledge completely removed. Some memories would be affected. Did the Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Ship in a Bottle, intend to show that virtual reality could appear more real than actual reality and that minds could be easily tricked? Yes. In the same... In, in the same episode, was a simulated fictional character of Moriarty shown as real and interacting with real characters to demonstrate we have to be careful in trusting our senses? Yes. Is an idea included in the script that Moriarty and his companion, the Countess, could live a realistic life within a simulation? Yes. Is Picard's comment, all this might be just an elaborate simulation running inside a little device sitting on someone's table, questioning that we are living in a simulated reality. Yes, it is. Moving on to the dream hypothesis. Does dreaming provide a springboard for those who question whether their own reality may be an, an illusion? In a way, yes, since it provides a way for people to really put their inner thoughts into their own reality that they create. Does the ability of the mind to be tricked into believing a mentally generated world is the real world result in at least one variety of simulated reality is a common, even nightly event. Yes and no. The difference is that, yes, in the moment, the person believes they're going through those events. However, truly within themselves, they know that it's not real. Therefore, when they wake up, they obviously know it is not real. 
and in the back of their minds, even during the dream, there's a little part where you know you're dreaming and it's not reality. Was René Descartes correct in stating that his senses occasionally deceived him and it was unwise to trust them completely, implying that the mind may not always interpret reality correctly? Yes, there are possibilities where some people may actually create their own reality in a way. So, for example, if people create hallucinations or if something in their brain goes a little off, they may see, hear, even sense things that aren't actually there. Regarding Nick Bostrom's simulation argument, is at least one of the following propositions true with different probabilities? One, the human species is very likely to go extinct before reaching a post-human stage. Two, any post-human civilization extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulations of their evolutionary history. Three, we are almost certainly living in a computer simulation. Those are complicated to answer, but basically anything is and is not possible. So there's always the possibility that somewhere, someone is running a simulation where people are involved in that. However, again, yes, there are limitations to humans, but it is also the point in time. So the future cannot be predicted to say what humans could or would be capable of. Is there any other possibility? Yes, of course, there are many different possibilities. So if the human mind can think it, it's usually a possibility. What might the post-human condition mean? Would it involve humans becoming godlike? In a way, yes, where they become more of an ultimate being. So from a human standpoint, they would be less human and more invincible in a way. Is drawing a distinction between transhumanism and posthumanism, uh, sorry, I'll start again. In drawing a distinction between transhumanism and posthumanism, is transhumanism defined as an artificial enhancement among the human race, a threat to human survival? For example, the making of super soldiers that could kill the life on the planet. Yes, so the problem with creating life and creating life in different ways is that there is still going to be a portion of error. So even with humans, obviously, with genetics at play and even personalities, there are always many differences between each human. So the fear is that with, for example, an artificial human is that there's always a chance that something could go wrong, very wrong, and go wrong very quickly. What does post-human as a hopeful transcendence of materiality actually mean? That's a complicated question since it's very personalized to each person's vision of the future. But basically, it would be getting to a state where humans are the superior beings, where they are controlling their own destinies, their own realities, but also controlling each other. Don't think we've got, another, we've got enough time before the next question before the break. So can you take us into the break, Justina? Yes, we'll continue after this short break. And you're listening to Too Good to Be True with Justina Marsh and Pete Marsh on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xcbn.net. here and they've been here for thousands of years making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we are going through the questions and psychic insight about simulated reality. Dad, can you please continue with the questions? What can you say about quantum computing that uses quantum bits or qubits that encode the zero and the one into two distinguishable quantum states? That's a very complex question, but a simplified answer would be that with the computing and how fast it's going and the different quantum states, there's just not enough known about it. So there is a lot more information that needs to be studied. However, with messing with computers and technology, there needs to be this wary bit that sometimes computers can be too much. And there is a state here computers can be overwhelming for humans and actually change their perception of reality. What does it mean when qubits are described as behaving quantumly? Basically, the unpredictability and the predictability. So just like most particles in quantum states have a certain path that they may follow. There's also this unpredictability of what may happen. So there's a lot of predictability, but also unpredictability. Does superposition mean the ability of a quantum system to be in multiple states, including here and there, or up and down at the same time? Yes, basically being able to be in many different places and energies, you could say. Is entanglement an extremely strong correlation exists between quantum particles resulting in two or more quantum particles being linked in perfect unison, even if separated by great distances. Yes. How can this be explained in simple terms? Basically, the energy is split into two. So the energies in a way are connected by the small energetic cord. However, half the energy is in one place, while the other half the energy is in another place. What does quantum entanglement mean in terms of the interpretation of space and time via the five senses, with the, apparent, with the apparent impossibility of particles being linked while being separated over great distances. Basically, this means that there's the possibility that in the timeline and the particles could be at the same place at the same time, but not actually know it. So it could be aware that they are connected, but there's no realization that there is this connection. If extremely powerful quantum computers become cheap and ready, readily available, is there a danger that people will want to live in virtual realities created for themselves? Yes, 100%. As stated by Elon Musk, is there only a one in billions chance that we're not living in a computer simulation? Those numbers are slightly skewed, but there is this issue that anything is still possible. So even if there's a small chance of something happening, there's always a small possibility that it could happen. Are our lives being conducted within a artificial world powered by artificial intelligence and highly powered computers, as in the matrix? That's a very complex question since humans in general are set up in a world that there is this unknown of what is controlling it. However, it's not controlled by a computer, but there needs to be an understanding that reality is what a person perceives. So the current reality is whatever a person makes of it. Is there the potential danger that misuse of artificial intelligence will result in the end of the world? Yes. With the historic rate of improvement, will computer games become indistinguishable from reality, just inevitable? There are already some that exist that a person could actually believe that they are in the video game or virtual reality, so it already exists. As stated by Neil deGrasse Tyson, with tremendous computing power, could every possible thing that 
that could occur be simulated, including the neurosynaptic firings in the characters that you create? Yes, but however, human brains are so complicated. There would be some subjects that would still have the understanding that it's not real. So it depends on the individual person. With powerful enough computing, would it be possible to create simulations within simulations? A hundred percent, yes. It's like playing a video game where there's different video games within that video game. Again, with powerful enough computing, would there only be one real world and everything else a simulation, as in the Matrix movies? That's plausible, yes. What can we learn from the Matrix movies? Do we have to be careful of what we wish for in terms of technology? Yes, 100%. So the problem is with virtual reality and with even AI, some people will push it to its limit. So you have to think about the physical effects and the emotional and psychological effects. So for example, if someone is playing in a virtual reality and they die, what type of psychological, even physical symptoms would manifest in that person in the so-called real world? There's always this connection that emotional and psychological issues can cause physical problems. And also with regards to that is it brings up the concept of in a virtual reality, there's things that need to be simulated that may not be actually as real as it would be in real life. For example, a baby being born or the small moments in life, such as the weather. So there are many factors in play here. However, it can be dangerous for a person's well-being. Modern theoretical physics demonstrates that parallel universes are possible. How could simulated reality create parallel universes? Basically, you create where a person would be at one place at one time, but also living in this other world. So it wouldn't exactly be a parallel universe, but instead it would be more where the person is not fully conscious of where they are. So with parallel universes, that's kind of like the soul is split into multiple places. However, with a reality, a virtual reality experience, the soul is still intact in the physical body. And so the person's conscious or awareness is more traveling into the virtual reality. So the physical body and the soul remain intact. As researched by Zohar Ringel and Dmitry Kovrizin, is it correct that even just to store the information about a few hundred electrons on a computer would require a memory built from more atoms than there are in the universe? Not exactly, no. So with data, yes, it would be very complicated. But with more advanced technology, there's always something that's a workaround. Is massive-scale simulation using classical computers impossible? At this point in time, yes, since that would mean putting each person in the same reality and having the processing power to keep them in there. Does the quantum hall effect result in the simulation becoming exponentially more complex as the number of particles increase? Yes. What did Sleeping Prophet Edgar Cayce mean by stating, spirit is the life, mind is the builder, physical is the result? Basically, where everything goes together is one. So if you don't have your physical body, that means your whole being has nowhere actually to exist in that reality. So basically, he was saying the physical body on Earth is what makes a person a person. Why is the possibility of the existence of a supreme being or God not part of the simulated reality debate? That's a difficult question, but the basic answer is because if there was a God, then they would make it so it wouldn't be this reality. So the two concepts are not interchangeable, since if there is a superior being, there is the thought that the superior being controls all, meaning they would control the simulated reality also. For those who believe in simula simulated reality, does that mean, like the Matrix, that there is a superior being controlling humans, or alternatively, is it making a kind of sanctuary for humans? The hard part is that there's two ways to look at it. So there's the way that there's a superior being that is there to help out humans, and the simulated reality would be there so that the people make the right choices, so to help humans along their journey. However, there's also the perspective that might be some superior beings who's using humans as more of a scientific experiment. So pushing humans through hard events, putting them in hard scenarios where the humans have to adapt to these. So this is the hard part that's a very personal decision. What is the simulated reality really there for? Is it there for something positive or something negative? And if you're going with movies such as The Matrix, it may not be the best attention if something like that existed. What can we learn from the mainstream media debate regarding the nature of our reality 
and notable individuals publicly conjecturing that mankind's true reality is simulated reality. The biggest takeaway is that even if it was a simulated reality, a person's reality is what they make of it. They have the choices to make, and during those choices, there are benefits and consequences. So if a person decides to believe that this is not the reality, they may make different choices. So it's best to live in the present, and yes, questioning is fine, but to make reality as positive and as beneficial as possible. So a person only lives once, and even if there was everything controlling by simulated reality, the question for those people would be, would you do anything different? Is there anything in your life you would do different? Or would you still try to live in the present and move forward? That was the last answer. Is not being in a simulated reality too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, over the last hour, uh, I think uh, my conclusion is I'm going to have to go back and watch the uh, Matrix movies again. I think my biggest conclusion is that a lot of people question what we're living, why we're living, and all these different questions. But I think the biggest takeaway that I learned from this show is just to make life what you want it to be. So just to take the most out of life and, you know, live every day and live in the present. I guess that's true. And uh, on that subject, living in the present, we'd love some suggestions for shows, right? Yes, so if anyone's really interested in concepts around simulated reality, uh, maybe even questions about Elon Musk, um, anything, I mean, if you have any type of topic, we'd love to hear it. You can contact us at our website at toogoodtobetrue.net or our Facebook page at toogoodtobetrue with the first T. The first two is spelled T-W-O. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to next week's show. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. 
You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.